All right. Hey, can we just give God one more shout of praise? Uh, isn't God good? Oh, man, I love baptisms, man. Wasn't that awesome, Miriam, getting baptized this morning, coming into the kingdom? I love to see baptisms when they're young. You know what I'm saying? Because now they got the rest of their life, man, to live for Jesus. Isn't that awesome? I mean, isn't God good? Are, are, you, are you ready this morning? Are you happy this morning? How many of you know it's going to be a good year? Listen, God is on the move. He's moving in power, y'all. And oftentimes we're waiting on God to move. And we're waiting on the move, like a movement of God for him to show up and do something to move in this way or this, you know, show up here. And, and we're not waiting on God as much as he's actually waiting on us. When we step out, we become someone else that he moves through. Amen. God is moving in power. He's a God of action. He's in the life-changing business. It's who he is. And he works all things to the good for those who love him and be called according to his purpose. Amen. That's just who he is. I, I man, I, I'm excited to, to share my heart with you this morning. And, and that's really what I want to do. I got so much on my heart for this new year. And, and But you know what? Honestly, man, so much is on my heart, not just for this new year. I don't want to just talk about a new year. I want to talk about a new life in Jesus this morning. I, I want to talk about a new life in him. Some of you go, Wes, I already have Jesus. I have a new life. I got news for you this morning, church. There's more where that came from. I promise, and it never runs out. You and I, we get to live from this humble position in this realization that we have not arrived. We are full, but we're not satisfied. There is more. God is inviting us deeper. He's inviting us further, and he wants to call us higher. Are you ready this morning? Man, I, I'm excited, man, about this new year. It's going to be an amazing, powerful year because we serve an amazing, powerful Father. And so I, I you know, I, I'm just going to share my heart this morning, just some things that God's been showing me, things that He's been teaching me. And, and you know what I really want this morning? This is just for me. I'm just going to speak from right here, and then I'll share the truth of God's Word. God's Word will just spew out of me as I share my heart, I promise. But, but look, man, I really, what I want for me personally, and what I want to invite you into, I want the normal Christian life. I just, I just want to be a normal Christian. And how many of you know that normal in the kingdom is different than normal in the world? Do you understand that normal in the kingdom is fun? Normal in the world is boring. <laughs> See, no, it is the truth. See, normal in the kingdom, it's fun, it's exciting, it's inviting, it's joyful, it's hopeful, it's powerful. See, normal in the world is lame, it's tame, it's mundane, it's boring, it's fearful, there's no life. Normal in the kingdom is powerful, it's miraculous, it's supernatural. And it gives us a purpose for being alive. And his name is Jesus Christ. I came here this morning 
to talk about the real man with the real plan for your life in 2021. And his name is Jesus. And not only for this year, but for the rest of your life. Man, I I tell you, if I had a title to this morning's message, it would be this. I want to run with Jesus with reckless abandonment. Like, I want to invite you this morning, church, to be all in. Get off the fence. I want to invite you, church, this morning, man, to be all in. Like, submitted, committed, sold out, surrendered, consecrated to the man named Jesus of Nazareth. I want to run with him with a reckless abandonment. I want to be so lazy. Listen, I'm just sharing my heart this morning. I'm just sharing with you things that the Spirit's just showing me and inviting me into as I rock my boys at night before they go to sleep. I just want to, I just want to, I want to be so laser focused on Jesus and running with him with such a reckless abandonment that he's all that matters in my life. Like nothing else matters but him. And it doesn't mean that other things don't matter in your life. There's a lot that matters. It's just that all the other things that matter pale in comparison to the one that matters the most and his name is Jesus Christ. Look at me, church, because when he matters the most, when your world begins to revolve around him, Right? When he's the point of you being alive, when he's the reason that you're living, when he matters the most, the other things that matter actually begin to come alive. The other things that matter actually begin to take on color and look vibrant and become healthy so that you're not just surviving from day to day. You're thriving every day with the man, with the real plan for your life. His name is Jesus. My favorite scripture is John 14, 6. I say it a lot. I really mean it this time. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Here's what Jesus is saying is, I'm the one that brings life to your life. And when he matters the most, the other things that matter can actually begin to come alive. we got to stop making New Year's resolutions. we got, I got this going. I want to be a better witness. I want to be a better husband, a better father, all this. Just run with Jesus with a reckless abandonment, and you'll see these goals come into fruition. Because he is the source by which all of our life flows from. He's the man. He's the man. I want to share with you a scripture that every year I do like a a scripture in my life that kind of becomes my theme for the year. It doesn't mean that I don't read other scriptures. I love the Bible. It lives right here. I love it. I can't live without it. And But usually at the beginning of every year, there's one or two scriptures that the Holy Spirit highlights to me. And I just kind of run with it all year. And I, I just want to invite you into it. Is that okay? And, and I would say, if I'm being really honest, these, this is one of those scriptures that, like, it makes me nervous. And honestly, man, it makes me a little bit afraid. Not like in a bad way, but like this fear of God kind of way. Like this holy fear. It's actually a scripture I've been familiar with, but I just, because I don't really know what to do with it, I just kind of shy away from it. It's just there, and I know it's good, but I don't completely understand it. It's Luke 14, 26. And it's Jesus talking, and he says this. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his mother and father, his wife and his children, his brothers and his sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Great scripture to start off the new year, right? 
if anyone comes to me, he doesn't hate mother, father, wife, children, brother, sister's own life. We can't follow him. I, I read that scripture, and on the surface, man, it scares me and it bothers me when I start to think about my wife and my children. When I start to think about my brothers and my sisters. When I even start to think about my church family. I'm going to do my best right now to, to try to explain what I feel like that scripture is saying and what I feel like Jesus is inviting us into this morning. Like, are you ready? Here's what I believe Jesus is doing in Luke 14, 26. If you come to me, hate your mother, father, brother, sister, wife, children, your own life, so that you can actually begin to follow me. I believe what Jesus is doing is he's getting rid of the competition. Come on, think about this just for a second. I believe that Jesus is getting rid of this him versus them, even though they are really important to you. Stay with me. I believe he's actually seeing where our devotion lies the most. Are you with me? I believe he's actually asking the question, there's things that matter in your life, but do I matter the most? Because I'm the source of where all life flows from. I believe he's getting rid of the competition. I believe what Jesus is saying in Luke 14, 26 is this, is I don't want to have to try and fight for first place in your life. Look, church, it's real simple. I came with a question this morning. You've probably been asked it before, but I actually want you to answer it this morning. Is Jesus first place in your life? Is he everything in your life? Or is he a library card to you? Is this convenient for you? You check him out. When it's for you, you check him out. Or do you read scriptures like Luke 14, 26? And you realize, man, Jesus is getting rid of the competition. See, I don't actually believe that he's saying that we shouldn't love our mother, father, brother, sister, wife, children. Actually, there's so many other scriptures in the New Testament that are contrary. In the book of John, Jesus actually commands us to love one another. He says, honor your mother and father. He says, lay down your life for your wife and children. So I don't think he's saying not to love them. I just think he's getting rid of the competition. He's trying to figure out where does your devotion lie the most? Ultimately, I believe he's getting rid of the comparison. He's saying, my love for you does not compare to anyone else's love for you. My love for you and your love for me does not compare to your love for others and their love for you. I believe what he's saying is they didn't die for you. I did. They're not truly living for you. I truly am. I'm the reason that you're alive. I believe he's saying, man, there's no way that they love you the way that I love you. I do not want to have to fight for your affection, to be first place in your life. I don't want to have to try and outrun the competition in this race called life. I want to be number one. And when I'm number one, other areas of your life actually begin to thrive. Are you with me this morning? This is Luke 14, 26. He's getting rid of the competition. He's getting rid of the comparison. And he's seeing where our devotion lies the most. His love does not compare to you know, It's not even in the same ballpark, which reminds me of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19, when Paul says, I pray that you would understand how deep and how wide the love of the Father is. And then he says, but you'll never be able to comprehend it, which reminds me of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. It says, God loves us with a great love, like a great love. He's getting rid of the competition. He's getting rid of the comparison. 
so that when he matters the most in our life, the other things that matter actually come alive, which is also this great reminder. I hope and pray that you do not come to Arise Birmingham to be fed by a fivefold ministry. It is not our job to feed you. Jesus is the source of our life. He is the source by which everything flows from. People go, I go to church to be fed. Do you? See, the problem with that is, is people come to church on a Sunday morning to be fed by a leader. But what happens if the leader does not preach or share what you're going through or what you need in your life? Or even more so, what if you come and you disagree with something that they say? You, find, you walk away go, man, I didn't get really get fed. And then all of a sudden you go, I'm going to go find another church. See, the problem is, is that you only stop one day a week for a meal rather than sitting down with the source of life every day of your life. Rather than running with him with a reckless abandonment. It is not our job to feed you. I will not put that amount of pressure on myself. I am not that good. Jesus is your source of life. It's every day you and I sitting before him. Come on, Jesus, I want more. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, I want to run with you. We get the privilege of partnering with him to love you, serve you, empower you, encourage you, challenge you, share the truth of God's word. And lead you straight to the one who is the source of your life. Because when he becomes the source in the thing that, that your world revolves around, he becomes the most important person in your life. The other things that are important, the other things that matter can take on new life. Are you with me this morning? His name is Jesus. I want to run with him with a reckless abandonment. Committed, submitted, sold out, surrendered. And do you understand? I want to share this with you. Do you understand the benefit of running with him? Do, do you understand the benefit of saying yes to him, of obeying his voice, listening to him, making him the most important thing in your life, the benefit, the reward, the result of your world revolving around here? Do you understand it's the kingdom of God? Look at me, church. The kingdom is what's at stake with this thing. Why would, listen, the kingdom is at hand. It's ours to receive, ours to embrace, ours to enjoy. What are we doing? Running with Jesus is the benefit is the kingdom. See, Jesus paid the ultimate price so you and I could have the ultimate life. Right here, right now. What are we doing? We're dilly-dallying around. We find ourselves on a fence. We're trying to figure out if this is okay, if that's okay. Just run with him and you'll know. The kingdom is at stake. See, Jesus paid a price not so we could just get to heaven one day, but so heaven could get into us today and we could experience the things of heaven right here and right now. It's not just a great saying. I'm experiencing it. You hear that in charismatic circles. Man, well, heaven's here and heaven's there and I get to experience heaven. No, it's actually the reality. Not only does it live in us, Jesus says in Luke 17, 21, look neither here nor there, for the kingdom of God lives within you. In Mark 1, 15, Jesus preached, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Real love, real joy, real hope, real peace, real forgiveness, real freedom, real life, real healing. The kingdom of God is at hand. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, Jesus says, Take every thought captive according to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Throw off, get rid of every sin that so easily entangles you, and run with Jesus with a reckless abandonment. 
Fix your eyes on him, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat at the, the right hand throne of God. In Ephesians 2, 6, it says we are seated with him in the heavenly places. Church, the benefit of running with Jesus with the reckless abandonment is the kingdom of God. What are we waiting on? John 15, 5, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do no good thing. Y'all, we have overcomplicated it. We've way overcomplicated it, man. Look, watch. Apart from Jesus, we head down a wide road that leads to destruction. With Jesus, we head down the narrow road that leads to everlasting life. It's real simple. You want everlasting life or you want the wide road that leads to destruction? You want the kingdom of God or you want the world? We've overcomplicated this thing. Like, like, and every time, you, you guys, look, man, every time that you and I choose to compromise in our life, it doesn't matter if it's just like, uh, like in our mind, like a sliver or just a little bit or, or a small compromise. Every time you and I choose to, like, settle in that area of our life, every time we go, oh, it's all right, man, God's grace covers it. Listen, let me tell you something. Jesus did not pay a price so that you could see how much hell you could get away with and slither your way into heaven one day. He paid a price for heaven to get in you today and for the kingdom of God to be at hand, yours to receive, walk in, run in, and experience. Are you with me this morning? I'm inviting you, church, to be all in this morning. I'm inviting you to get off the fence, not one foot in and one foot out. The moment you get on the fence, the moment you've given in to the deception of the devil himself. I'm not being me. I'm just being real this morning. Oh, my goodness, y'all. It's all or nothing. Look, it's easy. We've overcomplicated it. Jesus, life. Not Jesus, no life. We run with him, the benefit is the kingdom. We don't run with him, the benefit is the world. Boom! We've overcomplicated it. It's life or death, good or evil, light or darkness, Jesus or nothing. In Revelations, it says, man, that God will spew you out of his mouth if he finds you being lukewarm. I'm inviting you to be on fire, to run with the man with the plan this morning. Oh, my gosh. Do you want to? Because I'm going to this year. It's over. Oh, man, we, we've, we've overcomplicated this thing. I want to run with Jesus with a reckless abandonment. I want to have such a distaste for the things of this world and such an appetite for the things of God. I told you I'm just sharing my heart with you this morning. Things I've been praying about, things the Holy Spirit's just been inviting me into, Wes. It's like, you know, you start the years like, yeah, all Jesus, all day. I'm so good. I'm doing good. And the Holy Spirit says, read Luke 14, 26. Unless you hate your mother, father, wife, children. And I go, this is not a fun scripture. And he goes, just listen to me, Wes. Jesus is trying to figure out where your affection lies the most. He's getting rid of the competition. He's getting rid of the comparison. And he's saying, when you make me the most important thing in your life, then the other things come to life, man. Because he's the way, the truth, and the life. I'm running with him with a reckless abandonment, man. Do not look to the right or the left. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do not do the rearview mirror thing. Just run. Press on towards the goal to win the prize for which he's called you heavenward in Christ Jesus. Because heaven is the reward. The kingdom is the reward. Are you with me this morning? I want to run with Jesus with such a reckless abandonment, with such a focus that 
I walk with this awareness that, like, there's no such thing as a small, innocent sin. Man, we talk ourselves into it, man. Been there, done it. I'm sharing my heart. I'm sharing things that I've talked myself into. There is no such thing as a small, innocent sin. A small, like, but it'll be okay. It's just a little bit. It's a big deal to God. You know why? Because he wants to take that, what you would consider this small compromise in your life. It's okay. It's all good. God's grace. God's grace this. God's grace is not your crutch to help you limp your way through life. He paid a price for you to have the kingdom of God here and now. So, like, the, the, the result is, watch, when we choose not to compromise, the result is you and I experiencing immeasurably more than God ever asked of, than we could ever ask of, think of, or imagine. Are you with me? See, when we compromise in what we consider a little bit, we miss out on the way that God wants to fulfill that part of his life. He goes, I want to, for you to experience immeasurably more Ephesians 3.20 than you could ever even think of. So, so the result of you and I compromising a little is missing out on the immeasurably more than we could ever dream of because God is such a good God. Are you with me this morning? I want to live with this awareness, man, that like there's no such thing as like this small compromise. And none of it is worth it anyway because of who I'm running with. Because the benefit is the kingdom of God. I want to live in such a way that I realize that every moment of my life is holy. I bought Caroline for Christmas this book called Every Moment Holy. And it's got different devotions, and, and we read one at Christmas. And I have a hard time with books anyway, reading them. Not because I don't want to read them. I'm, I'm going through the book of John right now. I started going through the book of John in September. I'm on chapter two. It's an issue, not that it's a bad one. I just want to read. I just, I just want to soak it up. I just, the Spirit starts speaking. That's why, I mean, I just, it lives in me, man. I read scripture, and the next thing I know, I haven't just, I, I have a hard time for me. And, and so I, I just, I, I have a hard time flipping the page. And so I got Caroline this book, Every Moment Holy, and I go to pick it up to read it, and I look at the cover. I can't get past the cover. I can't even open it. I read Every Moment Holy, and I just go, oh, my gosh, man. What if every moment of your life mattered? I want to run with him in such a way that I realize that every moment is holy. Every moment, God wants to speak to me. Go, somebody go, Wes, you're over-spiritualizing things. No, I'm running with the king, man. He's always speaking and he's always ready and willing to use me to change the world around me. Because I'm running with him. Listen, the benefit of running with him is the kingdom of God. What are you waiting on? Stop. Stop settling. Stop compromising. Even in your mind just a little, it's a big deal. Do you want to experience immeasurably more? Just say yes to him. Lay it all down. Lay it all down because he laid it all down for you. And when we lay it all down for him, we gain a life worth living. When he becomes the most important thing, the thing that matters most, everything else will begin to line up with the kingdom of God. Start with your New Year's resolutions. Run with the man named Jesus Christ. Can I just tell you this too? I, I, 
I'm going to give you just a really powerful revelation this morning of why you should run with him. Man, he's worth it. Look, are you ready for this revelation? Jesus loves you. That should be enough. But we hear that and it goes in one in one ear and out the other because we feel like, man, I need something else. Man, he loves you should be more than enough. He doesn't just say it. He demonstrated it on a cross so that you could have the kingdom right here and right now. Look, he loves you. He's for you. Listen, you, you, did you know you're the reason he's living? Man, there's another scripture. Man, I know we just got through with the Christmas season, but I, I cannot get away. And there's, there tends to be scriptures that we only read at Christmas time around Easter, and it's, it's just such a bummer. It's Isaiah 9, 6. I'm just going to quote the first line. And it's so funny because I've been reading this scripture every day for the past few weeks, and the Holy Spirit's just been rocking my world with it. As a matter of fact, um, Jeremy posted something on a story, and right there on the story is Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us, and I was just like, there it is again. And I put the phone down, and I just began to worship and begin to encounter God through it. Look, look, Isaiah 9, 6, it says, for unto us. A child was given. Have, have, we, have we caught that very first part? For unto us. <laughs> like Jesus was born. He came for us. Jesus never did anything for his own gain, for his own benefit. Everything he did was on our behalf, for our gain, for our benefit. Are you with me? For unto us a child was given. Look, look, did you know that Jesus was the only person to ever plan his birth? Nobody, no, nobody in this room, you, nobody planned your birth. Only Jesus did. No, nobody in this room, nobody on this planet had a choice in the matter. That's why this pro-choice thing is absolutely ridiculous. Every baby that was born, they had no choice in the matter. People go, well, the mom does. Well, the mom, one day, the day she was born, she didn't have a choice in the matter. Oh, it's got real quiet in the room. Nobody had a choice. Every baby is a gift from God that we have the responsibility of stewarding with him. The only person that planned their birth was Jesus. He chose to come and dwell among us. Can you imagine it? Can you imagine in heaven? Man, the Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit kind of huddling up. I'm not saying this is what they did. This is not scripture. This is Wes. Can you imagine them huddling up, man, and going, okay, the world needs rescuing. And Jesus going, I do it. I got it. And they begin to plan his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, all for us. Hey, look at me, church. Running with him is worth it. He was born for you, crucified for you, raised from the dead for you. Running with him is worth it, man. He was, he was born so that we could be born again. He was crucified so that all of our sins and mistakes of our past could be forgiven and forgotten. So that you and I could wake up every day brand new. Did you wake up new this, this morning? Or did you wake up feeling kind of heavy because of the mistake that you made yesterday or three days ago or three years ago? Because every day that you wake up, you get to be baptized in the Red Sea of the blood of Jesus Christ. And you get to live brand spanking new because of what he did for you. He was born so you could be born again, crucified so that all your sins could be forgiven and forgotten. And he was raised from the dead, not for himself. He is fully alive so that you and I could be fully alive. Jesus did everything on our behalf. Are you with me this morning? Oh, my goodness. See, we spend our entire Christian life trying to live for Jesus 
But the revelation is that he actually lives for you. That's what I want you to see this morning. We spend our entire Christian life trying to live for the king. And Jesus is going, man, I'm here. I'm right here. I actually live for you. I'm alive so that you can be alive. Everything I did was on your behalf. See, God set it up in such a way so that it wouldn't be about us living for Jesus. It'd be us living from him because he lives for us. God set it up in such a way so that you and I would not have to fight for victory. We get to live from victory because Jesus already won the victory. And the victory that he won was for you because everything he does is unto us. Oh, my gosh. See, God set it up in such a way so that you and I would not just spend our entire Christian life striving to do things in order to please him. God is pleased with us because of what Jesus already did. And because it's about what he did, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. We are sons and daughters living in the kingdom, and we get to run with Jesus with a reckless abandonment. And the benefit is the kingdom. The benefit is life. I want to run with Jesus, man. With the reckless abandonment, first and foremost, for me personally, I'd just be selfish for a second. I want to run for him for you too. But first, I want it to be for me. Because the kingdom of God is at stake. Real life, man, is at hand. I want him to be the most important thing. Listen, and when you're running with him with the reckless abandonment, man, all of a sudden, you won't be able to help yourself. You'll also be running for others. It's what comes with it. Listen, evangelism is a natural function of running with Jesus. That's what I want to show you like this this year. I, I am probably, this might be the only morning that I will not talk about evangelism all of 2021. And here I get, I find myself talking about it right now. But I'm telling you, it starts with running with him. Because when you begin to run with him, you, you, you begin to fall in love with what he's in love with, and he's in love with people. Look at me, church. Jesus is attracted to the lost. You and I get to be attracted to the lost, too. Well, I don't know about, I, we distance ourselves from people hurting and people in pain and people who are lost because we want to make sure, man, that we're living a healthy Christian life. There's only one problem in that. Jesus says, go and preach the good news to all creation, which includes the lost, the hurting, the broken, and the people that are in need. Are you with me? See, when you begin to run with Jesus, you begin to see things in life and people the way that he does. Your heart begins to burn for the same things that his heart burns for. You begin to walk and run in the same love and compassion that he does. So all of a sudden, man, you cannot keep your mouth shut about him. And all of a sudden, you're living your life in such a way, watch, man, it becomes less about, like, telling people that they need Jesus. You're living life in such a way that they want what you have. And his name is Jesus Christ. That's evangelism. It's not what you go and do. It's who you are everywhere you go. But it begins with you running with the man with a reckless abandonment where you've laid your life down to him. And when you lay your life down unto him, you'll be willing to lay your life down unto others. Because you can't love him and not love what he's in love with. And that's people. I want to show you this year, man, that evangelism gets to be so normal, so natural, such an easy part of the Christian life. I have found myself, it's just, it's spewing out of me and I'm not even trying. All because I'm just running with the man. Caroline and I went to dinner the other night. I, I told, I'm not, I'm, let me say one more thing about evangelism. Caroline and I went out to dinner the other night for our anniversary 
and we were in Sandestin, Florida, and we were at this restaurant, and the lady walks up, and I noticed she had an engagement ring, and y'all, I didn't even, it just, I didn't even know her name. I just said, oh, you're engaged, congratulations. Before I even knew what happened, I go, man, is your fiancé, is he a Christian? Does he know the Lord? Because if he doesn't, it ain't going to work out. And I said, Caroline's sitting on the side. Caroline's going, yeah. I, it didn't even, it's just like, praise the Lord. She goes, actually, he is a Christian. We both are. We just had a great conversation about, about the Lord. We just prayed over her. It was awesome. But I'm telling you, I'm serious about this. Because I'm serious about the man with the real plan for my life. Oh, my gosh, man. It, it's, it's time to run with Jesus with a reckless abandonment for you personally. And then that also transcends for the sake of the world around you. When you're running with him for you personally, you begin to run for others. Out of the overflow of your heart, you will not be able to keep your mouth shut. And it, it's, not even all, it's not even about that. When you're pursuing him and you're pursuing, like, righteousness, and you're walking in the kind of love and the kind of joy and the kind of hope and the kind of freedom that can only come from him, people want what you have. Jesus is the most attractive person on the whole planet. I'm serious. You, you can do it apart from him. God will use you. The gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. They come without repentance. But you can only go so far. You can only lead people as far as you're willing to be led yourself. Man, let's all stand up. Man, I really simply this morning, but but I kind of want to urge you this morning. I want to urge you this morning, man, to be all in. Because he's worth it. He loves you. And the kingdom of God is at stake. This year and for the rest of your life. I want to challenge you this morning to make him the most important thing in your life. I want to challenge you this morning for him to be what matters the most. You get rid of the competition so that the other things that matter can actually begin to take on new life. Are you with me? I want to encourage you this morning to put your hope in Christ Jesus and nothing and no one else. The, the invitation this morning is really, really simple. All or nothing. Life or death. Light or darkness. The narrow road that leads to everlasting life or the wide road that leads to destruction. Is there something in your life, man, this morning that you just need to lay at the foot of the cross? Or is it maybe this morning you just want to say, Jesus, I just give you everything, and I want to run with you with a reckless abandonment. I don't know what it is that you need to do this morning, but I encourage you, if you're on a fence, to get off of it. I encourage you, if you're lukewarm, to stop. You're being spewed day in and day out. Run with the man. All in. And we're going to listen to this worship song.
for a few minutes and you just do business with God. If you need to come forward and get on your face, on your knees and lay it all down, do it. If you need to invite Jesus to come into your life, man, do it. If you need to ask for forgiveness of something and actually receive it and run with freedom, do it. Man, if you want to run with Jesus with the reckless abandonment, man, do it this morning. I invite you to come forward right now and don't walk, run. I invite you to come lay it all down this morning. God, we love you so much. We love you. We need you. We want more of you, God. We give you our heart. We give you our life. We give you our mind. We give you our body. Jesus, we make a commitment to you this morning to run with a reckless abandonment. To say yes to you. To be all in, sold out, surrendered, committed, submitted. Because we believe that you're worth it. We believe that you love us, Jesus. We believe that you're for us. You, we believe that you paid a price for us to have the ultimate life right here and right now. We believe, Jesus, that you gave up your life so we could have one. We believe, Jesus, that the kingdom of God is the result of our yes to you. So we want the kingdom. We say yes to you this year. We say yes to you for the rest of our life. 